Welcome to Housing for Us. My co-host today is Anja. And Anja, I'm I'm not going to say that you're a podcaster. I'm actually going to say that you're a broadcaster because you podcast, but you have also been on the air. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I am Anja, not Anja Seeger. I am the host of the Subtle Forces show, which is a podcast, but it is also a radio show that airs live on WXRWLP 104.1 in Milwaukee, also known as River West Radio. Uh, yeah, and you can listen to my show on River West Radio 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. That's a primetime spot. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I guess if you wanted to know what the heck the subtle forces are... It's a show in which I investigate through essay, creative experiment, and interview a different subtle force that I notice in my life that may seem like a minor minutia kind of thing, but uh, actually, when I actually pay attention to it, maybe because I'm a neurotic person, it seems to affect my every uh bit of attention and so previously i have explored the idea of trying to mind read my husband (laughs) so that's that's been my main project i'm also um someone who likes to draw and write and so i've been making my own um graphic memoir the love confessional um and that has been put to the side for a while but i will be picking that up again soon and i'm also uh working on a shadow puppetry show with quasimundo physical theater um but that won't be released until like halloween but we're working on it right now and I will be teaching a shadow puppetry workshop at the Museum of Wisconsin Art. Well, hey, send me links to whatever because your your projects are always really interesting and, and the funny ones are hilarious. So thank you so much for joining today. My pleasure. For this episode, we spoke to somebody living in Germany who has a forever lease. Uh, Anja, what did you think about this interview? Her neoclassical palace of an apartment that she gets to rent for all of eternity sounds so much more desirable than, say, the apartment I lived in most recently for five years that had a moldy basement that you could smell at all times and it had a... Vents where I could hear my downstairs neighbor singing and reading off her credit card number over the phone. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it sounds so much better than that other apartment, which I moved into very quickly that had a flea infestation. Sounds so much better, so much better than all of the apartments I've ever lived where the landlord just decided to uh, withhold my deposit from me because I had broken a Venetian blind, which I believe are only $20 at Home Depot. <laughs> and they're kind of, they're not very sturdy either. It's like, no, I, the, it's clearly. a that they don't get broken more often. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so renters in Germany have it really, really good. And I, I first wanted to talk to somebody in Germany after reading an article by British-born German journalist Brian Mellican. And we'll link to this in the show notes. Um, but in this article, he talks to uh, Wolfgang and Yuda. They're a retired couple that he met. And they have been living in the same apartment for 35 years. Um, and they only pay 600 euros per each month for rent and that includes all their utilities and it's a three-bedroom apartment um that's ridiculous right it's 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 crazy and that's the same rent that they paid in when they first moved in three and a half decades ago 
Um, that's not something that you could possibly do in the United States or in most countries, frankly. It sounds fictional. It does. It does. Like, it does sound fictional. Um, now, where did you see this fake article? It's, it's not fake news. It was before I came across this before fake news. was. Um, so I think uh, it was in the, the Telegraph. It's a UK. I've heard of it. It's legit. It's legit. Yeah. Then he also um, talked about Moritz, who inherited Elise from his mother. Um, try to wrap your head around that one. He inherited Elise from his mother um, for her uh, very big, uh, very historic three-bedroom apartment. And he is still paying his mom's original rental amount. So the amount that she signed up to agree to pay when she first moved in decades ago. Um, this lease is so old that he he told Brian that his rent payments are actually lower than his utility payments. Jeez. Yeah, so so renters in Germany have it pretty good, and and uh, you know you'll you'll hear when we play the interview with Friederica that she's got a you know she's got it pretty good too. So how is this all how is this all possible? Let's let's really start the episode by talking about the nuts and bolts of how rental housing works in Germany, um, and that'll that'll help you know these stories make sense. Um, it'll also help us understand what Friederica is talking about. You know, it's just kind of um, the background of, of uh, you know, the sea that she's swimming in. Um, because if you learn just the rules of a system, you know, that doesn't really tell you what it's like to actually live under those rules. Um, so, but to really understand what Friederica is talking about, well, we, we really have to explain how uh, rental housing in Germany actually works. The first thing, and again, this is the thing that, that we really wanted this interview to really cover and talk about, um, is the forever lease. Um, so rental leases last forever. Um, so in the United States, a lease that's longer than one year is basically unheard of. And so as you know, as you know, and probably everyone listening to this knows, every year your landlord has the absolute right not to renew your lease. Um, so even if you've been living there for 20 years and the landlord literally just bought the place yesterday, um, he has unlimited right not to renew your lease. And then every year when that lease needs to be renewed, um, the landlord has unlimited right to raise the rent. And the only thing you can do about it is is move. Um, and then if you are in a month-to-month a, a -month situation, a lot of times those have 60 or 90-day notices to raise rent or to terminate a lease um, so it's even less secure. And in our last episode, we learned about the human cost of these short-term leases, right? Your typical renter child, right, doesn't even finish middle school or high school in the same apartment. Um, and there's just tremendous human cost to, to these short-term leases that we have. So, okay, so how do these forever leases work? So as you might expect... Um, a landlord can end your lease if you fall very behind on rent or if you're damaging the property, if you're being really disruptive to your neighbors, things like that. We would, you know, things that we would kind of expect. Um, but as long as you, the renter, usually pay your rent on time and you're not damaging the property or something like that, the only way to end a lease is if the landlord herself needs an apartment um, or if there's a family member of the landlord that needs a place to live. So does that make sense? Yes, it, it does make sense, although it still sounds fictional. Right. So, so short of that, like short, as long as you usually pay your rent on time, you, you know, aren't destroying things, you can live there as long as you want. Um, the lease ends when the tenant says, I need to move. Um, the landlord doesn't have the right uh, doesn't have the right to end it. It's probably better to pick a landlord who doesn't have like a large family or a bunch <laughs> right. of children. Like it's probably better to like find the landlord who never had kids and doesn't have any siblings. <laughs> yeah. That was actually a really interesting thing. So I, I learned this from talking to Friederica. I'm not sure how I would have learned this had I not spoken to her. Um, uh, but it is way better, actually, if your landlord is a is a corporation, um, and be, and that's because, you know, a corporation 
doesn't need a place to live, right? Like a, a corporation is like a legal entity. Um, a corporation can't have children. If your landlord is a corporation, you have way more secure tenure. Um, and so as a result, tenants of corporate landlords really do make more calls about maintenance issues and, and do a lot more complaining. Um, and so she does, she does have a private landlord. She doesn't have a corporate landlord. She has a private landlord. And so that, that really does affect her experience. It does seem like kind of anxious thinking, though, to think like every time you have a piping problem and your landlord, your German landlord comes over and they're like, hmm, such nice pipes you have here. Right. Oh, I like your setup. Hmm, maybe my daughter should live here. Yeah, she so she talked a lot about being worried about that, but we also asked her, hey, do you know anybody who had to leave their apartment um, when they didn't want to? And she couldn't think of anyone who had. There you go. So I think this is kind of, this is something that you kind of are, it's kind of in the back of your mind and, and you know that it, it is a possibility, but she didn't know anybody that this had actually happened to. So I don't know that it's really, um, that it really happens all that often, even if you know, technically the landlord does have the right to do that. I don't know that it really happens all that much. Yeah, I think it's probably just more of anxiety. It's like my my husband doesn't want us to call the landlord for things too often because he doesn't want us to be the 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 needy ones. And I'm like, well, they're our landlord. <laughs> right. But I mean, imagine that, though, like. That she didn't know, you know, she's been a renter her whole life. She has a lot of friends who are renters, and she didn't know anybody who had been forced to move by their landlord when they didn't want to move. I'm, I mean, there's no parallel to that in the United States. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a, like it's every day that a landlord's like, you, out. Oh, I need this place for my nephew. Right, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, how many? Well, nephew wouldn't be allowed. It has to be a um, it would have to be a child or a parent. OK. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty strict. And and they do check. Right. Like the city will you have to prove that you have a relative that needs this apartment or a, a child that needs this apartment. And the city will verify that they do move in and that they stay there. Uh, you can't like get away with, uh, you know, you, you cannot get away with ending that lease just because you want to end it. It sounds like a lot of rigmarole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's no, it they take it they take it the rights of renters very seriously. You know, another tell that she had um at the end we asked her um you, is there anything you would change about renting in Germany? And she said, "No, she couldn't think of any changes. She said it was pretty fair and and she couldn't think of any way to change it." Um and you know she's you know obviously not a representative sample of all german renters and but i mean could you imagine somebody in the united states who's you know uh, you know in their 50s and uh, has been a renter their entire life and can't come up with anything they would change about renting in america i mean that's but things are better in germany way but yeah way better no, no question about it uh, i guess getting back on track uh, so about these forever leases, so you can actually be a little bit behind on rent. Um, you know, it's not like here where if you're a day late or a penny short, the landlord can evict you. Um, the rule in Germany is that for two consecutive months, you must be behind on rent by at least the sum of two months rent. So does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you, you get a, you get a lot of time to try to, you know, to try to make up rent and, and get back on your feet. That seems humane. Right, right, right. It's Yeah, it seems very fair. So as we talked about with Moritz, um, you can actually inherit a lease from your parents, right? And this is your inheriting the lease, right? The It's the same terms, the same rent, same everything. It's the same lease. Um, but in Germany, this is actually pretty difficult to do. And Friederike didn't know anybody who had done this. The problem is that you're in order to inherit the lease, either you ha your name has to be on the lease, like as a child, um, which you know usually it's not, right? If you're uh, if you're a minor when your parents move in, your name's not going to be on the lease. Um, but if you're living there when your parent dies, then you inherit the lease. Um, 
so you so you have to actually be living there when they die in order to inherit it. Um, it's a lot easier to do in Austria. In Austria, you have the right to transfer a lease to any immediate family member. And so it's actually much more common in Austria for people to inherit leases. Um, in Germany, it is possible, but it's it's kind of uncommon. Um, but, you know, that story that with Moritz, right, he had inherited his lease, like it does happen. So just a f okay, so just a few more things to talk about. Um, so there, there are no rent controls in Germany. Um, so rent control would be a price ceiling um, where there's a maximum price that the landlord can charge. Um, in Austria, right, they do have rent controls. Um, but in Germany, there is no restriction on the price that a landlord can charge when a new tenant moves in. Okay, so does that make sense? No, that makes sense to me. I mean, it's sort of like uh, you can name whatever you want for rent uh, if no one is there yet. And when that begins, the people kind of agree to pay that rent and then it locks in. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um and then in Austria, right, there are actually rent controls. Um, but sometimes people confuse the two. Germany doesn't have rent controls. Like you said, it, the, the rent is somewhat locked in once you sign that lease. Um, but there are no restrictions whatsoever when you're signing a new lease. Mm -hmm. Cool. But there is rent stabilization. And so by that, we mean um, the amount that a landlord can increase rent is somewhat limited. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, so the way this works is that unless rent increases are explicitly written into the lease, the landlord cannot raise the rent. As we learned about at the top of the episode, many leases in Germany do not allow for any rent increases, right? So the three people that, uh, this journalist Brian had spoken to, um, they all had leases that did not allow for any rent increases. Like it has to be specifically written into the lease Otherwise, there is no allowance. The, the landlord is never allowed to increase rent. And so the legal maximum that you can raise the rent uh, is 20% once every three years, right? You cannot write a lease that allows for a more increase than that. 20% every three years is really, really high. Like that would be horrible. Um, but landlords aren't actually allowed to raise rent 20% every three years, Um the rule is that you cannot increase rent to more than 20% of the customary rent for that type of apartment in the area. So basically, once you raise rent to 20% above market rate for that particular unit, you cannot raise rent any more than that. Mm. So even if rent increases are written into the lease, um, it's pretty limited the land in what the landlord can actually raise it. Now, I think Friederica's lease allows for a 5% increase every three years. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. Um, she didn't remember because she had signed her lease more than 20 years ago, and she just couldn't remember. But she knew that, that was the landlord was allowed a 5% increase every three years. Tenants often renovate their own apartments. I mean, why wouldn't you? If you know that you can live there as long as you want, why wouldn't you renovate your rented apartment? Um, that's a crazy thing to think of in the United States, but it really does make sense there. Um, and often the, the landlord will agree to share the cost of some, res some renovations, right? And this is kind of a win-win because the landlord and the tenant both benefit from the apartment being a little bit nicer. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, if the landlord objects to your renovations, then you cannot proceed with your renovations, even if those renovations improve the apartment. In Austria, you actually can renovate over your landlord's objections. In Germany, you can't. Uh, in Germany, we see just excellent maintenance of apartments. Um, landlords simply can't get away with what they get away with in the United States. And the last thing we'll say about this is that in Berlin, uh, this is only in Berlin, and it's very recent, like it started a year ago. Um, they have some new rent regulations, and these rent regulations are really beyond the scope of this episode because it doesn't affect Friederica. Um, it's so recent, it's so local, um, but they've actually been a tremendous success. Um, so there's there's been a lot of articles about how 
um, how these uh, these rent controls have been a disaster. Um, this is based on people not being able to understand permitting data, um, but we'll put a link in the show notes um, if you want to learn more about this new rent regulation in Berlin. I guess I'll just say um, it's so different renting in Germany and particularly Austria. It makes me wonder what is the point of renting and what is the point of owning because i understand that in an american context but things are so different there it kind of warps my mind like why would someone rent and why would someone own in these other places yeah it's a it is a, a completely different ball game there. Um, and a lot more people are renters in those countries because it is so advantageous. Um, right. I mean, you've kind of, you've got the security of home ownership, um, but without the responsibilities of home ownership, right. You're, you can, you can live there forever. And um, in certain cases you can pass your home on to your children, even though it's rented. Um, but if your faucet is leaky, you don't have to fix that. That's your landlord's responsibility. If the furnace blows up, you know, that's not, you know, that's not five or $6,000 that you have to pay to fix it. It's your landlord that has to take on that cost. It's just kind of crazy to me because it sounds like a policy that benefits the citizen rather than the person who makes the money and that is good. It just kind of confuses me living in America where everything always is at the benefit of the person making money rather than the citizen. Yeah. I think it's backwards. Yeah. Sophie and I spoke to Friederike electronically. She was in her Berlin apartment when we were talking to her. Um, Friederike is actually a friend of a friend of Sophie's, and she actually visited Friederike in Berlin several years ago. Um, and then, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties, and uh, we're using our backup audio, and so it's not uh, great quality for Friederike. But, and it's hard to hear when she says this, but um, she said that if her apartment were put on the free market her rent would probably double or triple. Ah, oh, you're telling me so much about her. I, I'd just like to hear what she has to say. All right, let's play it. Yeah, how is it? Yeah, Friederike. I live in Berlin. Take us on a little tour. Uh... Like, like an architectural tour or like a social spaces tour or what kind, you know, like do you live in a big apart. I live in a big apartment and um, with a huge kitchen or what they're called, Wohnküche. I don't know the English word for it. And, um, and a big uh, salon to the front and then uh, the private uh, rooms, three of them and the bath and the DC in the back. Right, so you, have, yeah. yeah. so you have that, so you have a huge, big open room with big windows in the front, then you have the living room and the kitchen, and then yeah. you have th three um, bedrooms and a bathroom, right? There's a long hallway, and then there's very sm much smaller rooms uh, in the back, which are bedrooms and the bathroom, right? So, so what is your building like how many units are in the building and is it all apartments? Uh, there's four, five units, all apartments. And what, how would you describe the architecture or design of the building? Oh, this is uh, Klassizismus. I don't know what that would be in English. I don't know. <laughs> I could look it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, you would have to, oh, you know, it's a typical, building from these years from when they rebuilt the big cities that time but i can't tell you in english ah it's neo it's neoclassicism in english apparent apparently from yeah. an american american point of view it's definitely 
architecturally of note, but because it's surrounded by so many other beautiful things, maybe it's not special, super special in Berlin. No, it is actually a very nice one. When we first looked at the flat, I was pretty baffled myself, just by the sheer size of the two front rooms. So it's like a ballroom. Yeah, yeah it's, it is yeah. kind of like a ballroom, Chris. It's like yeah. in the front with huge windows and lots of light. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And the high ceiling and it's, it's huge in the front. Yeah. And it's nice. And how have you decorated your house? Have you, have, you done, have you only been able to redecorate like by adding things or can you actually build things or paint and things like that? Yeah, you can paint the hell out of it, but you can't change <laughs> anything and you cannot build anything because it's under, what is this called? Um, uh, protect my old what is this called? ah you're so your building is historically protected yeah it's from 1876 oh okay yeah interesting mm -hmm. so there you can't change anything basically i mean you could and they've been doing it in the 70s because nobody cared but nowadays you you can't and it's difficult because you can't even you know all the electricity is it's not uh, like in the wall, but on top of the wall, like it was in old days. And you, even that you cannot just simply change. Yeah. And you can change your toilet or the tiny, teeny, it's a very, very small bathroom, as you know, and you cannot change that either. So even if we wanted to, and the landlord would agree, the city won't let you. Do you know anyone who's been able to remodel their rented apartment? Yeah, I know people who remodel their rented apartments, but that is, um, you only do that when you have a guarantee that you're going to be living there for so and so many years. So it has to work for both sides. Yeah. The changes that you make should improve the apartment. Yeah. And then you have to share the cost or something. And did your children grow up there? Mm, yes. I mean, we, Joe, the older one, you know, we moved here when she was three. So basically they, they grew up here. Mm -hmm. So since you moved in in the late 90s and here we are in 2021, how much can they raise your rent since you've lived there for so long? Um, yeah, I mean, we moved in in 1999, I think, or 98. Um, they raise the you know that you you're i don't really know about that but i know that you can raise the rent i don't know five percent every three years i think but you know we had private landlords in it they didn't raise the rent until last year and then they raised it for 15 percent which they were allowed to because they hadn't raised it in the years before so they yeah so yeah, and then they can, in three years, they might raise it again. But, you know, in this case, it was especially, uh, it was different because uh, they were private landlords, they're very old, and they didn't care too much. You know, so they never really, yeah, you just paid your rent, that was it. They could have raised the rent earlier on, but then the kids took over, and the first thing they did, of course, raise the rent. Can you tell us about your rental agreement, which we would say lease, but how does it work that can you stay there as long as you want to? Uh, do you have an end date of your rental agreement or no? No, um, you could actually, it's, one, it's an open-ended one, but, uh, and the landlord could only um, uh, end this but either if you do something, you, know, you don't pay the rent or something, or you don't, whatever, not behave, but there's... Yeah, like you throw a party every night or something. Yeah, or you don't respect the house, or the, the development agreements, yeah. Or you do changes to the apartment that you're not allowed to and these sort of things. Other than that, uh, you can only be uh, kicked out if they the people who own the place want to move in themselves. So like if they, if, you know, they won't have a home, they'll be homeless unless 
Yeah, not really that. homeless, but yeah, if they have like, like that was the case, if they had like kids that want to, um, you know, have, and they can apply for, they can, and that takes then, depending on how long you've been in the apartment, it takes a year or two for you to, you cannot, they cannot put you out in the street from one day to the next. It's about, takes a year or maybe two, like I just said. So it would take one or two years to kick you out, to kick you out against your will. Yeah. They have to prove that they need the apartment and that, or that they're really moving in, you know, and if they catch you, like you do it and you only do it because you want to give it to somebody else, then you pay a fine. Yeah. Okay. So do you know of anybody who like had to move out of their apartment when they wanted to stay? I don't know. I just know that it happens. But you can't think of somebody that you know that that happened to, or? Actually, no, I didn't. I, I know somebody that it happened to, I think, but I don't really know any more about the, you know, it's not. Yeah, we're just trying to, so I'm in, in the United States, um, if you're a renter, you have to move every, every, you know, one to two or three years. Um, in, even if you don't want to move. And so we're trying to, you know, just, it's very, um, it's very surprising to us that you're saying that, you know, we're asking, do you know anybody who had to move that didn't want to? And you're saying, well, I could think of one person. <laughs> right. Whereas we know, like, I mean, I couldn't even come up with a, the list would be so long if I had told you everyone I know who's gotten kicked out of their apartment, like for, for some stupid thing, or just because they want to raise the rent. Yeah, that, as you know, doesn't work here in, in Germany. Oh, actually, no, no, you know, I take it back. I know the, um, a, a good friend of mine, she owns a, a, um, a flat. And then she wanted the apartment for her daughter. And then she, she didn't kick out the people living there. She offered them another flat in the same building. Oh. So they made a transition, sort of. Yeah. Right. But they accepted that, obviously. They accepted that. She could have, could have, she could have like insisted on her rights, but it would have taken longer. Like I said, might take up to two years. Right. And, um, but they accepted that. And so everybody was cool with it. So can you tell us about um, your neighborhood? Yeah, it's very uh, touristy. And it's cool and it's downtown and between two parks and massive parks, massive parks. Yeah. But you know, Berlin is a very, very green city. Actually, it's one of the greenest cities, supposedly at least here in Europe, because it has, there's barely any street that doesn't have trees on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it has a lot of parks. So, yeah, and then we're right next to one and not far from a very nice new one. So, yeah, it's a pretty cool neighborhood. And, uh, yeah, but it has become very fashionable. Right. What was it like in the 90s when you moved in? That was fashionable then already, but in a different sense. It was like tr trendy. No, now it's way more trendy, yeah. It always has been fashionable, but... Yeah, not to that extent. So, so you said that you moved in there then in the late in the late nineties. Is that right? Uh, exactly. But you know, even if, if you know, you'd still uh, like we. I wouldn't want to be um, even if I had two years notice, which I know is very comfortable compared to what you were just describing. But uh, it's impossible to find flat here anymore especially so it'll be not even years would help yeah so okay but mm. if you if you guys moved out your landlord your landlord would get higher rent if somebody new moved in right probably probably but there's uh, as you maybe know it's a very new thing and it's a very um cont wie sag mal, contrary controversial discussion. yeah controversial yeah. Um, thing that there's a there's a meat decal there's a, a lid on oh on there's the, a ceiling ceiling how much they can move exactly. it exactly but if I'm 
correct then if you have a if you have a new apartment like it's been built right now say there's a penthouse put on the building then you can take what you want yeah but if it's like a flat like that has been an apartment ever since you can not just go crazy on the rent even if you might get it but they don't do it so the the, the gentrification does not go through the roof yeah so there's a there's a ceiling to it yeah okay and mm -hmm. and you said that maybe as a result of apartments being so secure it's really hard to find a new apartment can you talk more about that uh i mean the rents are going up everywhere at least in germany probably in or europe or i don't know where else um in germany they are and especially in berlin berlin has been very cheap uh, or very man, affordable well, affordable for many years yeah nobody wanted to live here in the um before the wall came down it was highly um subventioned hmm. the government money money from the government was push, pushed into berlin in order to for the city to survive because there was not much business there was university and that was it and and the housing was super super cheap and super super run down and basic because nobody no landlords put money in the buildings you know maybe very few and um and all that changed once the wall came down and then the investor moved in and then there was a lot of building and a lot of fixing and a lot of hmm and more and more people moved in and everybody in the who has to do with media or film or fashion or art or design or anything uh, has a at least a second apartment in berlin yeah and like so many people moved here and they all want these cool old build, um, apartments and you know and then there's supply and demand there's not so many there and um yeah so and the the rent the prices went increased i don't know altogether i don't know how much but um quite a bit and especially in berlin more than other berlin is not as expensive yet as frankfurt or munich but i think then we're there was hamburg probably you know and for a long time that was not the case we were way back mm -hmm. And it has always been really cheap and that changed for the people that came later, but not for the ones that were there from the beginning, if they had, you know, the luck to be in a good place. And, and, and some of them pay very, still have very small rents compared to what it would normally cost now. So, you know, I'm happy with, with what was, I'm very fortunate with my apartment. So you're saying that your experience would have been a lot different if you hadn't moved in in the 90s. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, now it's very difficult to find something to start with. And then, of course, if it's difficult to find, you know, then you are more to, to accept things that you might not accept under other circumstances. And if it's a market where there's tons of people for one little shit, Hole, then you might settle <laughs> for a lot of money, which maybe on other circumstances you might not have. Yeah. And this is my horror would be to have to move out and be on the market, look around, because that that would be horrible. There's nothing there. So then, in the if you kind of had, you know, agreements like the United States, um, like it seems like you probably would have been chased out of the neighborhood kind of by like rising rents or like, is that accurate or? Probably, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you asked me earlier of what this, that the, what the apartment would cost if it was. If it were brand new, you know, people. Uh, no, not even brand new, but on the market. Yeah, probably double to which bill, yeah, I don't know. What's your relationship with the landlords? Obviously, you know them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were uh, sort of baby babysitting our kids. So, yeah. 
So, so your landlords babysat your kids? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Our present landlords, of course, not the old ones. Yeah. 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 But you know, and they're really nice, and we get along well. They live in the house in the building with us. But um, you never know. You know, even within your family, people you know get like separate over over heritage. Yeah, always something inheritance. Inheritance, inheritance. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you never know. You might get along great, and still, if it comes to money or something like that, you know, that might change. So then, in general, like in the U.S., the general idea is that you just live in rental housing if you're poor, or you just live in rental housing until you kind of settle down, and then you want to get out of the rental system as fast as possible and buy a home, that's the idea. But um, it seems, and that's because in the US, rental housing is so um, kind of risky and unpredictable. Yeah. So, I'm, so I'm wondering like how it, works, how it works for you in Germany, like in terms of when you're actually deciding if you want to rent versus buy a home, what's the calculus going on? Uh, that's uh, you're asking the wrong person because I'm, you know, <laughs> I sh maybe I should have start buy or you know put down money to buy other than to rent. But um, as we are both self-employed, you never know, you know, uh, how much money you will have. And in a way, of course, you have to pay the rent too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but um but you don't have to replace the roof for example yeah exactly you don't have eventual hidden costs or whatever you don't have uh you have meetings with the other owners you don't have these sort of things yeah unless i mean that's if you buy an apartment if you buy a house it'd be different but you know, why would i buy a house here the house that i would want i can't afford yeah even the apartment i would want i can't afford what i could afford i wouldn't want to have so yeah so buying in that sense is not an option because I couldn't buy what I want, would want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why it's so cool that they can, that even though maybe to you it doesn't seem perfect, that they can, in the law, remove some of the uncertainties of renting and make it a viable option to live in, like, your whole life, raise your kids there, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you think your life would have been different if Germany had the American-style rentals that are one you sign for one year the landlord has the absolute right to end the lease to raise the rent kick you out whatever at the end of the one year how how do you think that would have changed things if that was your system yeah but that's so hypothetical you know i i don't know i probably would have would have bought we would have bought something with a little money to put down and see where that takes you yeah and then you have a whole different situation of course on the renting market there would everything would probably be to buy and very few would be to rent you know i don't know what that would be like because it's never been that way here and especially germany is you know especially germany other than the other european countries is still so that there's a lot of people renting uh, compared to the people buying and all in spain and france and, and all the other countries people buy more than they than rent As a like, do you think that the fact that you have more security in your in your rental means that the landlord doesn't maintains your apartment any less? No, no, no. It's so. In in our case, we sort of keep a low profile, yeah, because you never know what they come up might come up with for. Maybe there are some other uh, reasons that you could do change. They could, you know, say they renovate what needs to be done. Yeah, no, that's an important thing. If you have a building that needs to be um, not renovated, but um, restored, like, for example, like in our case where the electric is so old that it needs to be done, yeah? Or some, you, when you had no proper heating that needs to be um, installed, these sort of things, 
then the landlord can insist on that being done. And then he can raise your rent considerably in order to, you know, uh, for the costs to come to be um, um, paid for. Yeah. And um, then it might be the case that all of a sudden you have to pay, you're not double, but you have to pay a lot more. It's not within this 5% range because he put in a central heating, let's say, yeah, which we have, but could be, or he puts in a proper bathroom that you never had or whatever, or he has to change the windows or he has to do um, something on the whole house. And then he has the option to raise your rent considerably, but he cannot just pretend to do it. That all has to be proven that it's necessary and whatever. Uh, anyway, so wait. So who has to? Who does he have to prove that to? Or to the city? To the you know, you as a you you have to for everything you have to um, make an antrag, uh, apply, or changes to. So yeah. like oh, you're applying to like planning permission. Exactly, you need permissions for everything. You cannot just start. Yeah. Um. Okay, but what I meant originally is that so we keep a low profile and uh, do not, so we might have, wie sagt man, Anspruch, claim to have the bathroom done because it's 30 years old, yeah? but we don't because um, since we live with them and we do not want to spoil the relationship because they might come up might find something that they could come up in order to make it more unpleasant or raise rent or figure you know out that the, one of their own wants to move in these sort of things uh, we do not insist on stuff that might need to be done and if it's minor stuff we do it ourselves so if that building would be owned by a company, it'd be different. Then you'd, put, you'd be insist on them doing this and that and because you have a right to it, yeah? That they fix your... There's stuff that's attached to, like, in the wall, the electricity things or the bath stuff. That, that's part of the landlord's um, obligation to fix all these things, yeah? And, um, yeah. Other Wait, so stuff? you're... So you're saying that if it was, if it was, if it's owned by a person like your place is, yeah. um, that then they have some right to, to like have a child move in or something. But exactly. if it's owned by a company. There's no child. The company doesn't have the child that wants to move in. Yeah. Because it has to be a private. Yeah. Club. So then, so then at that point you're, then you, then you're, uh, you're on the phone about any, any maintenance or like you said. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're more up to because it's more an anonymous. Yeah. And um, yeah, then you'd be probably more into to insist on your claims or your rights on what they have to do and what they don't have to do. But, you know, on the other hand, uh, here we've we've paid very low rent and and we know that they get along with the building, but they don't really make a penny on it. So why? you know, now all of a sudden insists that they have to do this and that. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Whereas from a U.S. perspective, like, you might live somewhere that has, like, sewage backing up into your living room and... Well, that would be an extreme case. I don't think that we would be... <laughs> and you wouldn't tell them. That. You wouldn't tell them because necessarily, I mean, I lived in, <laughs> I've lived in some bad apartments, but yeah. <laughs> but what? But this is an extreme case, of course. You know, nobody would. Uh, no, I'm not talking about that. But the um, if the bathroom needs Up, updating stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But nothing that really, uh, um, affects your, um, uh, your quality of living here. You know, if it was something like that bad, we had two water um, damages. And that was, you know, unpleasant because it took them forever to fix it. They had to fix it and they got really ugly, but they had to, and it took them forever. So that was not such a great experience, but in the end they did it and they have to legally, you know, 
they had to. And they tried to shove it onto us. And then I went to a lawyer and shoved it right back into their shoes. And that was the end of it. And fertig. And then they fixed it. And yeah. The la yeah, the last person I, I spoke to, um, so he he said his his wife knew someone that had a uh, two year old in the U.S. in the U.S. You're, in the U.S. You're talking about US. Milwaukee, yeah. Milwaukee. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so he, um, his wife knew someone that had a two year old, and there was a hole in the floor, and you could fall from the living room into the basement. What? And what? Uh, there was, and then he also had this other place where there was toxic mold growing. And uh, the landlord wouldn't clean it. And he called, he called like a lawyer to see what to do. And the lawyer said, well, there's like, if we could, we could try to take him to court, but you're probably not going to win. And then he's going to like make things very, he's going to make your life very difficult. So I would recommend that you not, that you just kind of deal with the, the, the toxic mold. That's, that's, yeah, we had this toxic mold here from that water damage too. Yeah, they, they found that toxic mold once they took the, the floor off and we had to seal the room off. And I found that very unpleasant too. But that's what you were describing there is really extreme. My God. But that needs to be, I mean, you have a right for that to be fixed, right? Why? Why doesn't, why? Like the problem is that if you are a day late or a penny short on your rent, that the landlord has the right to to throw you out. Um, but if you, if the landlord refuses to fix something, yeah. oh, what's that? I said a short on providing. If the landlord is short on providing himself, then it's different. Yeah, then yeah. there's no consequence. Yeah. Um, no, nothing. Nothing happens. Because if you, because you can't, the only thing you could do is withhold your rent. But then you, they can throw you out. For not paying your rent. So they're, even though they sign a contract that says that they have to take care of the place, um, there's no enforcement. Like, there's no way to enforce it. Mm. Yeah, there isn't like, oh, this, there's no one monitoring them, basically. Yeah, because it's, yeah. But this is like law only for one side, right? Or only on one side. Yeah. And most places where I've lived in the US were owned by a, a humongous company that managed hundreds and hundreds of buildings and they just don't care about taking care of you if you they don't care if you leave and they find someone new tomorrow, you know? Yeah, but you know, I I've been living in apartments owned by big companies too and that wasn't bad, you know, and this is the exception that I know my landlord close Many people don't know their landlords. And um, even, especially if it's run by a company, they they take care for their buildings in their own interest, you know, because if they don't take care for their buildings, then um, nobody wants to live there and they get a problem. So this is, uh, yeah, not, yeah. So I have not made, had any bad experience with big companies. No. On the contrary, you know, they're obliged by law to do this and this. And if if they don't, they're in the papers or on TV immediately. So they don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they get they get in trouble. You know, there's meter as a renter, as a fine, like a um, like a renter's union. Yeah, you know. So and you go there and then you tell them this and this. And if like some of these huge companies do this you know, repetitively or happened more than once or something, they get in trouble. They don't want that. They don't want that publicity. So. Mm. Wait, so, so just to clarify, so you're saying that the publicity would lead to um, like the authorities taking action? Yeah, yeah they, they don't want that. You know, they don't want uh, bad publicity because the next time they want maybe to buy a project or build a project or come up with something the city's not going to give it to them because the city is then run by politicians who want to be re-elected uh, so yeah it's all everybody wants to or many i don't know everybody you know i'm not that familiar with it but it's not so easy here to um, not play along yeah because normally all of these things happen in the u.s 
and they have no consequences whatsoever. Mm. Even if everybody knows the names in Milwaukee of the of the bad landlords. Would you make any changes to how homes are rented in Germany if you had a magic wand? Um, what would I change? I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> Just in case you have any ideas. Um, no. No. Mm -mm. Not really. Uh, not for like what I would change for, for renting for me as a renter or is there like some kind of change that that could be done that would make uh, make things better for you? Or is there like a problem that kind of is you see throughout the city or throughout the country that could be, you know, something could be changed? Huh. Um, no, actually, they're pretty restrictive here already, you know. The laws in Berlin especially are very strict and they're very good on the renter's side. So from my side as being a renter, it's, everything's pretty okay so far. Yeah? And yeah. Okay, that's a, yeah, that's amazing to hear because if you ask that question in the United States, you know, yeah. just the sky's the limit, you know, you'd need... We'd need two hours just to talk about all the different things that need to be done. Yeah, but you know, I'm not, I'm maybe not the right person to talk to because um, this is a special condition that we're living here under. It might be different if you ask another friend of mine or another rancher. Yeah, so I'm not necessarily a good um, example for the one that has no uh, vicious sort of sure mm. but i mean you would you know you would know from being a renter for you know all your life and from talking to friends and the fact that kind of nothing really you know nothing really comes up um is like is pretty amazing um mm. i'd been pretty fortunate with landlord well no i shouldn't say that but yeah. i mean everybody i know has you know has complaints about renting or their landlord or you know you know if there was um i think if there was something big you would know about it because you would yeah. you would have friends that complained about it or you would have experienced it at a different apartment or you'd read about it in the newspaper hi it was uh so hard for frederica to even imagine how terrible renting is in america compared to germany because you know she's just never known anything else yeah so i actually cut out quite a bit um it took a while to convince her that her story was interesting to us she just didn't understand why we would want to talk to her because to her it was just so normal so, you know, the reason we're doing this show is is to look at these policies and to say, look, we could use these policies to fix the, the issues that we face. This is just a no-brainer. Like, this would solve a lot of our housing instability problems. It would solve a lot of our gentrification problems. Um, and it would be so easy to do it. If it works there, it would work here. It would be so simple to do. It'd be a different kind of gentrification, though. You know, she said that it's so competitive getting housing where she is because of the rampant gentrification and and because people can, um, you know, name whatever they want for rent initially that could create some problems. But, you know, no, no one will rent if it's like too high, I suppose. It's just like it still becomes a little bit of like, I wonder how many places are like more luxury apartments than um you know like a place that anyone could move into i don't know sure well so so yeah in, in, a, in a sense you're right um but a major problem with gentrification is that there are people who have been living in a neighborhood for their entire lives that suddenly get priced out and so so there's uh there's certain issues with gentrification that this you know, having forever leases alone does not solve. 
Um, but that particular problem of people being forced out of their homes that they've lived in for, in some cases, their entire life, um, this can solve that problem. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And then our last episode, we talked a lot about instability and the human cost of, of instability in areas that aren't gentrifying. And this would be a, a, an obvious solution that could also solve that problem. Well, uh, just make it happen now, Chris. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we aim to do. Uh, okay, anything like anything we missed or anything else that needs to be said? Uh, wunderbar. <laughs> Excellent. Well, well, thank you so much for, for helping me out with this episode. Um, you're an excellent co-host. Uh, um, my wife and I really enjoy all your projects. Um, so it was, uh, it was a real treat to work with you. And, and, and thank you so much for coming on. Special thanks once again to Friederica, who was kind enough to speak to Sophie Haggerty and I. Our team for today's episode also included Aaron McKean. Check us out on the web at Housing For Us. That's housing, the number four, dot US. We have so many more resources, all about the urgent and achievable goal of housing for all. Can Andrew just, can he just edit me out of the episode? <laughs>